Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup, oh, blocked by James! It's over, it's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cavaliers are NBA champions! That sound means it's time for Cavs on the Break NBA Podcast, part of the Press Play Podcast Network. I am your host, Chase Smith, and with me in this special mid-November season recap episode, Cavs superfan, Cleveland radio call-in legend, everyone's favorite follow on Twitter, Hiram Boyd. Hiram, welcome to the break, man. What's going on, Chase? (laughs) Super glad you could join us. Hey, a lot has happened since we recorded an episode, Sam and I, on the way home from the Nets game. Uh, this is what's happened in a span of like three weeks, and we haven't dropped an episode at all. Ty Lue got fired. The Cavs won uh, their, their lone win in the season at home against the Hawks. K-Love was sidelined with the foot injury. Uh, that was actually like the day after that Nets game, which was really weird. Um, the players are disgruntled. JR's voice to be traded. Corver's been on the trade block, rumored been the trade block for weeks. Uh, Sexton started his first game, the development – of sex and the Cavs had a couple close games. Snow Vail, Hiram, what is going on at the queue? Hey man, they just hey they trying to weather the storm of injuries. They trying to be incorporated by a new head coach, a better head coach, and they're trying to develop at the same time. So all of this stuff is to be expected. And you got a couple of veterans who may or may not be disgruntled, but don't no longer fit in in on the, in the team's plan. So uh, changes need to be made. So let's talk about the firing of Ty Lue. Some say it was long overdue. Some say they, sh- they should have given him a-, a little more chance in the rebuild. Uh, but, hi, and we were talking before the show. You maybe don't think Ty Lue wanted to be here at all. You want to expound on that a little bit? Yeah, I, I don't think he wanted to be here. I don't think he was part of these. This He wanted to be part of a quasi-rebuild. His coaching style of, you know, needing and wanting to play veterans and, stuff like that you know and things so so forth like that um just didn't fit with this with this new reality of of a quasi rebuild with a couple of veterans and building around those veterans and developing young players at the same time that's not loose style also i feel like he didn't have a system in place in two and a half years on offense and defense i mean i mean what what is the cleveland cavaliers what do they do i mean what kind of system do they run? And, and no one can tell me that. No one can tell me anything of what they did. Yeah, the, On the, system, the system they I'm run sorry, is ahead. mid-range jumpers and bad defense. That was the system right. they ran. <laughs> right. And then listen, when Kobe Altman fired, when Kobe Altman fired Tyron Lue, listening to the press conference, I got the feeling that he wanted to do it in the offseason, but he said it wouldn't have been fair to Lue. Mm-hmm. But it, it, was clearly, it was clear to everybody watching that when Lou took off sick that time for those 10 games, that the team was responding better to Larry Drew. And yeah. I think it goes back to, to that time when that opened the eyes of the front office and ownership of Larry Drew is a better coach. And from what we've seen this year and how he's turned the Cavs around, even despite the injuries, they are more competitive. Even though they haven't won, they are more competitive. And you can see the things that he's trying to do and incorporate, you know, and it makes a lot more sense. And he's just simply a better coach than, Larry, I mean, than Tyron. Yep. At the beginning of the season, Hiram, Vegas had the over-under for the Cavs at 30 and a half wins. And right now, November 13th, we're 1-11. and 11. <laughs> So I don't think anyone saw the Cavs being this bad. There are even talks about the Cavs getting the eight seed, and there's no way in hell that's happening right now. Right. Um, so I think this – 
the, the kind of shift happened after we lost to that Hawks team the very first time at home. I think that's when people realized, oh, okay, this isn't going to be well. And honestly, at that Nets game we were at, I think that really like opened the eyes to at least some of the players. Um, I think that's when they realized, okay, we're in full-on tank mode right now. They shut down Kevin Love. He didn't hobble around. I mean, I, we, I was there for the whole game and even the locker room. I never got a sense that he was injured. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't play that much that night, so maybe he tweaked it and he just didn't show it. But uh, mm-hmm. I really think when we lost to the Hawks the first time at home and then that Nets game, um, that kind of, okay, we're in full-out tank mode. We're in the driver's seat to draft one of these studs coming out of mm-hmm. Um, and then you start looking at uh, this kind of nucleus that we have. Uh, and it starts to get a little exciting. But I, I think you might be onto something, Hiram. I don't think Lou you know, wanted to be part of a rebuild. Um, I, I think Lou was a, a, a LeBron coach. And so right. I, I don't think he's a player's coach. Uh, I think the players like playing for a former player. But I think he and LeBron had a connection. And yes. I think it took a lot of coaching insight from LeBron. Um, but dude, you're right, man. They responded well to Larry Drew when he played, when he coached last season, uh, the defense improved, ball movement improved. Um, yes. And, uh, improving now too. Yep. And they're getting better and better. And the team is looking better and better. Um, Hiram, Kevin me, loves it. Can I just say this real quick? Please. It's one thing. If, if, I, if I can may take a Browns analogy, it's one thing to lose. Okay. But they were getting blown out every single game. <laughs> And now with Lou, with Larry Drew, they're losing. Like the Browns lost last year, a lot of close games. They're losing, but you can see that, you know, they're competitive, they're developing, so mm-hmm. forth and so on. With Tyron Lou, they were getting blown out. They got blown out at home by the Hawks. Yeah. And the only thing you can do is tell me that I play J.R. Smith. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Uh, Kevin Love's essentially shut down. Uh, JR wants to be traded. Corver rumored on, on the block. Um, Hiram, the Cavs are obviously going to be sellers between now and February. What players uh, do you realistically see um, being moved from the Cavs team right now? I think JR is probably going to be either traded or bought out. I think, I think uh, Hill could be. I think Hill's a nice piece for a team. They're not willing to pay that salary. You're going to have to take back a couple of bad ball players. But I think a team in need that needs a backup or a solid point guard would take heel. And I was reading on a Sixer site last night, well, in the afternoon, that they they were saying that the trade for Kyle Corver is close. That's yeah. what, and I got on Twitter and I said that I asked that question, and they were saying that the deal, uh, uh, Scalabrini, Brian, remember Brian Scalabrini? He yeah. was saying that the trade, he was saying that the trade for Kyle Corver is very close to being done. That would make and sense. Col- that would make sense. Corver to the six. That's, that's what I've heard. Yep, yep. Right, and it makes sense because as soon as I saw that, I saw that Kyle Corver was out. You know, two games because of his foot injury or whatever. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I think that's pretty close. <laughs> However, I get into a debate with people all the time. I would not. I, I shouldn't say I would not. I would be hesitant to trade Kevin Love. I would. Because I know the desire of this team is not the full scale. It's not a full scale rebuild. And think about this, Chase. You have Kevin Love, who on a championship team is a three. Then you get one of these studs out of Duke. Any one of them. Give me. I don't care which one. Any, many, my. I don't care. Give me one of those studs. 
And it's no question in my mind, one of these other guys on the, currently on the team is going to be a stud, if not two or three of them, in my opinion. I personally believe uh, Ante Zizic, once he get, you get that guy 30 minutes, <laughs> I already think he's better than Nurkic as it is. Dude, I personally you are driving that that train, I think, all by yourself at this point, Hiram. You're the only one I see who's out there stunting for Zizek. Oh, my God. No, I'm not the only one. I talked to some guys on Twitter, but nobody is as vocal as I am. Right. But I think that guy is an absolute – I mean, just think in the other game, a couple games ago, he had 16 minutes, and he had basically a double-double. Yeah. I mean, and remember, Larry Drew said, look, this guy, every time I put him in there, he plays well. He's about to start. Yeah. I mean, for a veteran coach to come out and say that in 10 games tells me something. I yeah. think Colin Sexton is going to be a floor, Schrader, a Schroeder up in uh, Oklahoma City now. And uh, I think, I think Chetty, Chetty Osmond, once he gets his three-point shooting uh, together and his form is fine, will be a very a – very, 15 to 18 point guy who mm -hmm. can give you multiple things, uh, six rebounds, three or four assists, one or two steals, somebody like that. Yeah. That's, that's my opinion. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of great young pieces in currently on the Cavs. I would be hesitant to trade Kevin Love, one, because I think the veteran presence he brings. Um, yes. And uh, especially to help a young player like a Nance or a Zizek. Was it Zizek or Zivik? I don't even know. Uh, that guy, uh, you know, I, I think the uh, just having that. I mean, he and Tristan are the only guy. I mean, you got Jr. and Corver, but if, if Jr. gets traded and and Corver uh, does go to the Sixers, uh, those are going to be the only two uh, guys left from the old guard. And you you need some veteran presence. Um, yes, that knows the culture um, that that the arena can kind of feel like home to. So I mean, that would be interesting move. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure what they're going to do. Um, I know the Corver to the Sixers makes a lot of sense. They traded Covington and Saric, which um, I, th I think I saw a stat that was like um, a, most of Ben Simmons' assists went to them on the perimeter, uh, and with them mm -hmm. gone, they didn't really have, aside from J.J. Redick, yeah. like a strong three-point uh, presence because it's going to clog the lane with Embiid and Butler and Simmons. They're just going to yeah. clog the lane. So the Sixers need some three-point help. Corver makes sense coming off the bench. Um, and, and so I, I think you're right on that too, man. I think Jr. will be bought out. Uh, I think Corver is going to be moved very soon. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I think Hill's interesting piece. I can see maybe someone like the Rockets, um, yes. maybe kind of training for a backup point guard like that, kind of like a yes. second unit. Um, yes. and, uh, so I, I do think the Cavs are going to be high, high sellers. Uh, I think the Cavs are in for a long season, uh, higher. Would you put, uh, would, will the Cavs win more than 15 games this season? Yes, but not much more than that. Okay. Uh, however, I'll say this too. Just, to, uh, I mean, you may or may not get to it a little bit later, but I think the Cavs made one big blunder. And I'm not pounding. I've said it on Twitter a million times. I think they made a tremendous blunder this offseason. I don't know how you get Larry Nance that money. I don't, Chase. You're not a Larry Nance fan? I mean – I mean, it's, it's apparent to me that you got three centers on this team. Yeah. And he's the third best. And you gave him $10 million. Uh-huh. I mean, is he better than Tristan Thompson? Absolutely not. Is he better than Antizizic? As far as anything is concerned. As far as I, I mean, concerned, he's not. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, I'm a, I'm gonna ask you this. He plays yeah. the pick and roll. He plays pick and roll good. He's an mm-hmm. energy guy. I mean, yeah. he's your third best. He's your third best big man. Yeah. I, I mean, well, and I think here's the argument for that. I think Nance mm-hmm. plays above the rim. I think he brings a certain defensive intensity that Zizek does not bring. Um, and I he's think his, his his ceiling it might be a little higher than at least a power forward center hybrid might be a little higher than, than Zizek's as well. Um, I just think he's a different player and I think he flies around the court. Um, sometimes he gets out of position because he's trying to do too much. Um, mm-hmm. I think the, the plan would be to have him develop. Uh, I think super young piece. I didn't mind. I think honestly, was it four years, 10 million? Is that kind of what it was? I think he got 10 million per it averages out 10 million per. Okay. Um, I mean, that's not that bad. Right, uh, right. I mean, if, if you think about it, it's – I mean, you saw Ryan Anderson's contract. I mean, that, that's horrendous. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? So it, I think it can be relative, but um, I would have loved to see more development at this point from him. I think he could have gotten more minutes in the playoffs last year. I don't know why they were hesitant to put him in, um, even if it's just some, like, in the earlier rounds or the Raptors series, just something to get – He was awful. He was off yeah. on the Boston series. They had to take him. They had you remember. And here's here's the turning point for me. They kept posting him up. Horford was about to score hundred points on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, he has terrible low ball, low post defense. His rebounding is up and down like a yo yo. He can't hit an outside shot. Uh, I mean, he he plays above the rim, but I, I mean, he's. He's somebody. I mean, I, and ten million per, I guess, isn't. People tell me it's not too bad. I would have rather. This is just hiring speaking. Yeah. I would rather. I would rather say, you know what, Tristan, I'm gonna give you two more years, man, on, on your deal. I I think Tristan is so underrated, man. I, I, I that that guy. I, I know he had a rough. He was, and the word is, is that he was injured last year, and injured yeah. a lot more than what people. Was saying that he was out of shape, messing around with that, you know, his wife or whatever, whatever that is. He was he had a bad year, but this year, man, I, I I'd rather get the money to him, man. Here, here, look, I'm gonna tack on you, 28 years old, come November 20, no, December 26. I'm gonna give you two more years, two or three more years on your deal, man, because you keep playing like this, man. I I, I don't want to see you go in. That's yeah. what I would have done. Uh, just kind of wrap up this Nance discussion. He is not really offensive-minded, neither is Tristan. So I think no. Zizek might be the best offensive center that we have. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I just think they're all different, and it's just like a quarterback. If you have three different quarterbacks, guess what that means? You don't have a quarterback, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, um, yes, in the NFL, but I think it's clear to me at least I, and, and I don't think we can say what Zizic is because he has yet to get about 35 minutes a game. Yeah, I'm he's convinced. super young. He's super young, too. You're right. I, I, I'm convinced. Looking at his skill set and watching basketball for over 30 years, looking at his skill set, he is, in my opinion, you gave this guy 30, 35 minutes a game, there's no question in my mind he would average a, well over a double-double. He would average a double-double a game. I'm talking about – I think he's already better than Nurkic out in, uh, in Portland. Yeah. I mean, in Portland. I think he would challenge Jokic, in my opinion. Different skill set now, but I think he would challenge Jokic because I don't think it's – I mean, you, some of the things – going back and I watched the games that he had last year and this year, 
that skill set, there's no question in my mind, if he got 35 minutes a game, he would be a, a 19, 20-point guy, 11 rebounds, one or two assists, one or two blocks, so forth. There's no question in my mind that would be the case. The Joker is, uh, I think, currently the second best, third best center in the league behind Nebrow and, and Embiid. Um, and so, I don't know, man, that would be a, a huge uh, bump, especially to the young core we have. And let's, let's transition talk about the young players the Cavs have. You look at this young core, Colin Sexton, Chetty Osman, Anta Zizek. Those are three potential starting pieces of, of uh-huh. really, really special players that um, are solid all around. Of, the, of those three, um, I, I think we all know you love Zizek. Uh-huh. Do you like Sexton or do you like Chetty Osman better, Hiram? I don't want to look at it and say better. I think huh, that's a tough one there. I've been impressed with I, the, the, these past two games. I've been impressed with Colin Sexton. I've been, he looks way more comfortable and not enough is being said about players coming off of the bench and how big of an adjustment that is, yeah. especially for a young player. He looks so much more comfortable as a starter. If you had to put a gun to my head and I love both, I would probably choose Sexton. But I, I'm a huge uh, Chetty Osman fan. And I think his – the reason I'm a big fan of his is I think his jump shot is fine. It's just not going down. His form is fine. He's showing signs. I think he's going to be one of those guys that just flat out fills up the stat sheet. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I kind of feel the same way about Sexton. Whenever I was interviewing the players in the locker room, I asked Kevin Love. I said, Kevin um, – because Kevin played with Russell Westbrook in, in UCLA, and I'm watching, I watch Russ play, and I kind of see shades of Russ's game yes. in, in Sexton's game. You know, yes. hustle, hard worker, um, not yes. the most consistent jump shot, but, you know, they're just willing the ball to go in. Like, they're super hard players. And I, I kind of see a little, you know, I've, I love, I've watched ball my whole life, played ball my whole life. I, I love basketball. So it's not like I have a, a sore eye or I don't know what I'm talking about here. And uh, so I said, Kevin, you play with Russell UCLA. Do you see any shades right. of game in, in Sexton's game? And Kevin, I'm never going to forget the look he gave me. He gave me this death stare, and he said, no, they're different players. And that was it. Um, and so I was blown away that okay. Kevin didn't see any resemblance in the two players at all. Um, and, and so that, that's really made me kind of rethink uh, Colin Sexton. Um, and so I don't know what happens at practice. I don't know how he carries himself. I don't know how much film he watches or doesn't. You know, I don't know any of that. Um, and so I felt like that was a really loaded answer. And I'm not trying to speak against Colin Sexton because he was super kind and um, really respectful in the locker room. I mean, he looked at me and talked right, right in the eyes. It was a really great uh, – you know, I, I, I love the kid. I'm glad he's on the Cavs. But it's, it's really kind of made me pause on my, like, let's crown Colin the next Cleveland great – Cavs player uh just kind of wait a second if we have someone like Kevin Love he's like no they're different players like what, what what's really going on with Colin Sexton um, well here's the thing here's the thing um with Colin Sexton he's been getting a lot of grief I went I watched the uh Chicago game like two or three times two and a half times okay he's been getting a lot of grief about his assist and when I went uh, – uh, Rick Nolan got on Twitter is like well can he average more than three assists a game and I went back and watched the game I said, if guys convert and, and watching the game, if guys convert, he would have had about eight or nine, maybe even ten assists. You get, yeah. you got to factor in, you got to factor in guys converting on the when you talking about assists. Guys have to do their job too. 
Now, here's the thing that you got to remember with Kevin Love. Kevin Love is one of those guys who's very measured in what he says. And you're not the only one who has said that about about uh, Sexton. There's at least two other people nationally that have said they see some Russell Westbrook. Kevin Love was probably, was probably saying, look, I see what you're saying, but I don't want to come out and say and put that kind of pressure on that guy. Yeah. Because he's only 18, 19, and we're at the stage where we don't need, you know how Cleveland fans are, you know, they have all these exorbitant mm-hmm. uh, uh, expectations, and if you don't fall, if you don't fill them, you're bust and get rid of you and so forth and so on. So, right, so, but I was trying to give him a chance to, like, encourage the young guy who is struggling at the start of the season to, to like, say, hey, this team believes in me, and not to add pressure, but at some point you got to feel like the team believes in you and they're excited about you. Um, right. So, I right. don't know. But if you can't get – if you can't get excited about what you've seen out of Colin Sexton these past two games, then I, I don't know what you're watching. Because in my opinion, I, I was talking to my buddy, Real Mike Young, about it, and he says that he's going to be Dennis Schrader up in uh, Schroeder. And I see some of that. I, I, see, I think his jump shot is going to be good, good enough. I see some of that, but I also see a little bit more explosiveness. than uh, And Schroeder is good ball player. He's 18, 19 points a game. Probably won six men of the year, maybe. Uh, I, I see he, he probably has a little bit more upside than Schroeder because what I notice about him is he's an excellent on-ball defender. He's terrible. He has no idea how to play the pick-and-roll defense or switch or anything like that. He, he has no clue on how to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, Hiram, I really appreciate your time this morning. This does it for Cavs on the Break NBA podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. Uh, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter. We always follow back. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, Hiram, any final thoughts this morning? Uh, I would say this. My boy, I was reading, the, um, I was uh, on online uh, talking, looking at Nancy Zizic, and word is, is that some of the broadcasters, I was watching them, uh, and one of the opposing broadcasters was like, watch out for this guy. This guy can ball. He can ball. So if the Cavs don't want him, there's a group out there that will take him. So I would advise, that's the only thing I'm disappointed with Drew about, got to play this guy 30, 35 minutes a game. Other than that, I have no issue. So, and I appreciate you letting me off. Dude, yeah, man. If, if, and if Zizek ever needs a place to crash, your couch is available, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, that does it. Mike Breen, take us out. Congratulations, Cleveland. Your decades-long wait is finally over. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.